eventually it did. Yeah. May uh, take a little while, but it comes back. Yeah, it did. It took a while. It wasn't too, too bad, though. Okay. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Really Life Podcast. I'm Dee. I'm Nancy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just playing with the microphone. Yeah, me too. I know you're a mommy of puppies. Yes, I am. And dogs. Yep. I am a mom of children and puppies and a cat. <laughs> but I had a very nice Mother's Day. Oh, that's good. Yes, my girls came over. They brought me my favorite Chinese, and they brought me all kinds of little gifts. It was cute. My said it was themed uh, plant basket. Yeah. Because I love my plants and everything, so that was their theme for everything they got me. So it was insane. got me a beautiful white orchid. Oh, nice. Oh, it was nice. beautiful, because Walt used to get them for me. Yeah. So that was really sweet of her. That's nice. Oh, yeah. And then it was relaxing. They didn't come over till later, because... My head to work, and it was just a nice day. My son, Paul, posted this beautiful, sweet thing on Facebook. Made me bawl my eyes out. It was so sweet. Well, so, that's good. Yeah, it was very, very nice. Good. Yeah, did you do anything? I thought yeah. about you because I did Mama abs- being gone. I did laundry yesterday. Yeah, that's you're okay, though? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I miss my mom. And I think of her Mother's Day and her birthday and the holidays. Yeah. Those moments where... You fam- think of mom. Yeah, you just think of mom. I mean, I miss my mom terribly, but but I'm, it was okay. I Good. I'm glad it's getting better. I know yeah. it takes a long time. So. Yeah. Well, good. Not too much else going on. Still waiting on summer here. It seems like it's going to take forever to get here. <laughs> Ohio. All I did was bitch about it all day yesterday, or Saturday, when we were camping. <laughs> it was cold. Uh, it was, and that wind blew. Ooh, yeah. That wind was nipping. I'm not fond of being out in the cold. No. For long periods of time. Nope. I'm not very much at all. I had a wonderful day today because the sunshine was out. Just doing some cleaning and some sorting, you know, my usual stuff. Yeah. Okay, this is already organized. How can I organize it different? (laughs) Just one of those days. (laughs) So that's about it. That's not much going on this past week. I really did have a nice day, though, camping. I didn't really camp much because I was cold. I tried to stay out of the cold, but being with all the people and feeling less COVID, you know, it was so nice. And I, I don't know if you know this, but... We went to this conference, Nance and I, and and by the way, you did an awesome job. Oh, chair. thank you. So, there's people wearing their masks, and the conference was very, every, got cleaned up, like, spotless yeah. in between yeah. each group. They did such a good job with all that. Yeah. But everyone had their masks on, unless they were sitting, you know, and being copacetic. By the end of that day, I didn't see one mask. On. Oh, I know. Everybody was just was running like around. Like, Screw it! I don't want my mask. I've been around you. I'm just taking it off. Yeah, or they have it with them. down on their neck. Yeah, or, or half covering their mouth. Half covering their mouth. I know. But like eighty percent were done. They yeah. didn't even have it on. I went back in to grab something before we left. And yeah, and was that like, was yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Yep. At least some of them are vaccinated. Well, and that's part of my thing, being yeah. vaccinated. I yeah. feel less uh, that. Yeah. Don't touch anything. Where's my sanitizer? You know, that right. I would normally have used many, many more times than I right. did that day and just stuff like that. So. Yeah, I wouldn't great. have even been there if I wouldn't have been vaccinated. Purely yeah. because of, Closeness. one, not wanting to get COVID, but for two, being around so many older people. They would have never it. taken that risk. Yep. So it was good. Yeah, it was nice. There was some really inspirational and funny women yeah. talking. It was great. Yeah. We, nice time. I definitely enjoyed myself. And um, today we're going to do a little bit about mental health awareness and some good things that we could do for our mental health. I think the first thing that we're going to go off with is Nance is going to talk a little bit about NAMI. Mm. And a little bit about her experience with um, learning about mental health because she had someone very close in her life that was going through it. You're well, right. I didn't know I was going to talk about that. I know you didn't. Okay. I wanted to do it as a pre-for-all. Yeah. Because I don't want you to think about it. You're really good when you talk from the hip. 
Yeah. You are. Um, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> NAMI came into my life, which NAMI stands for National Alliance for the Mentally Ill. I was uh, still married, and my husband had been diagnosed with bipolar. And he was in a manic episode, and being in recovery, I thought, okay, there's got to be something out there that I can either go to and learn about or meet other family members who right. were in the same situation. I remember seeing a flyer from our local Adams board, and it was for a family education course nice oh yeah 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 and mental illness for family members and stuff and i remember calling and back in those days nami in in our area was small there weren't a lot of people real active or anything and they hadn't started the class yet but they were looking for teachers to teach the class and she said to me would you be interested in going away on a weekend to be able to learn how to teach this to other family members. Right. And I was like, well, I know one of the best ways for me to learn is to, for one, to be taught and to be able to teach, be able to share what I learned. And it was a curriculum. It had its, right. you know, specific things that you had to go through. And I remember going to this weekend and I didn't know a soul. And they had this teacher there from the, or the, the coordinator there from the state who was teaching it, who had also learned it and... I remember saying to her, I'm extremely new to this. My husband just got diagnosed with this. I'm looking for like people because I know how that feels to be around people who get it. And I remember saying, I'm very raw. <laughs> and she laughed and she goes, you know, I think it's absolutely awesome that you're doing this. And it, it wasn't about me. I didn't need stroke. I just wanted her to be aware that this is going to be a little tough. But it was it was such a wonderful experience because all the people there had had experience and knew what I was going through. So not only did That's I get wonderful. to learn, but I got to feel yeah. what I was feeling and they understood. Right. But NAMI is a advocacy program for family members and the mentally ill, they, in, in our area, they actually have grown quite a bit and are funded better than they used to be. Not that they're heavily funded, but they're, they offer a peer-to-peer -peer support group, a family-to-family -family support group. They do educational, I don't want to say conferences, but they go into schools and talk about mental illness, not only for children. Like presentations. Yeah, yeah, presentations for elementary through high school i mean they do a lot yeah i mean it's a it's a wonderful organization they they're a national organization that are i don't want to say they're in every community but i hope they're and close they, to be in every community yeah we have yeah. them on our instagram page too we have do our I, local and the national one out there so yeah i mean nami for me was an extremely helpful not only knowing that I wasn't the only one being a spouse of somebody, but also being at, able to advocate for those in my community and to reach out to schools. And they did, you know, CIT training for the police officers. And they do offer a lot. And, you know, thank God. Not feeling long. Lots of information out there, especially on their website, to learn. Sure. Know, to stop. The stigma, which sure. is obviously what made us all well, it, One of the things that it helped me do was to to see how his mental illness affected his life and how he processed and right. how he thought about things. Because I thought, with it. yeah, and because I was like, oh, come on, just pull yourself up by right. your bootstraps. And right. that's not about how that works, not with you know, no. and it was real helpful for me to be able to change my perspective of it and learn different coping mechanisms, not only to help myself, but to help him, which was extremely helpful. I think that's the best part about it is yeah. that was the next thing, you know, stop the stigma, learn. Right. And then we also need to learn how to live with them. Right. What can I do 
to better help them and myself. Right. And what are they going through? And right. What do they can do? What do I need to learn that they can do to help themselves? Right. It's obviously everything is always about not just being aware that it's going on out there and that it's not being intended to in so many ways very well. But the more we educate ourselves, yeah, the no. lot more people might be stepping up to help. Right. You know, a little more funding, like you said, and right. all these places that are trying to help them. Mental illness is not a character flaw. No. It's <laughs> a brain disease. Right. I mean, it's not a character flaw, and, and I think a lot of people just can't see it. I used to tell my kids they had a boo-boo in their brain. Right. Because they understood hurt leg, boo-boo on your leg. Right. So I would tell them, you know, because they'd be like, Mom, why is that person like that? Especially if they went to meetings with me and stuff. And sometimes you'd have some in there. And yeah. They'd talk during a meeting or do something different or odd that the kids noticed. And I would just tell them they had a boo-boo on their brain. And that's exactly what it is. Right. That's either needs corrected by medication right. and or therapy. That's like... When I was going through the PTSD really bad, mm -hmm. and it was years later, but mm -hmm. since the memories are coming up and I'm trying to function in life and all these past things are banging me in the face, mm -hmm. obviously I didn't understand it was PTSD at the time. Right. But, you know, my counselor finally just came out and said, listen. You know, I know you don't like being labeled. I know you don't like, but this is what's going on. So I, I am going to treat you as if right. that's what I'm seeing, what you're going through right now. And I remember thinking, I'm mentally ill because I have PTSD. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, yeah, I went through all that crap and it's coming up and I'm going through all this craziness and everything... Yeah, oh my gosh, you got PTSD, let's do something about it. I just beat myself up. Right. I mean, obviously it's not as bad. Every decade it gets a little bit better, but it's still such a taboo thing to be. To right. have any kind of mental illness or personality issue at the time because, you know, sometimes that's it. You know, you're just, your personality screwed up because of what you're going through, but it's still, you feel like you're... Not normal. Right. I like other people. And I don't bipolar or schizophrenia, any of that stuff. Right. So I can only imagine what they, in lucid moments, must sure. feel like. How people mm -hmm. treat them and everything. I'm very grateful when I look back at you and Kevin that you had, Kevin had you. Yeah. And you had Kevin. Oh, absolutely. Because you are that person yeah. that learns and wants to help and does the best that they can. Right. So it's like you both were meant to be, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm extremely grateful for trying not to look back and go, oh, I wish I would have done this or have regrets or anything because I, and it's not always about, you know, usually when I get involved in something, it's because I want to help and not only myself, but help somebody else. Right. You, you know what I passion. mean? It's beautiful. And that's one of the things that NAMI does do, which is, is an awesome thing. I think that people who don't understand mental illness, it's not stupidity. It's just ignorance. Just right. educating It's not yourself. knowing. Right. right. It's frustrating sometimes when you see somebody who doesn't understand that or, you know, it's like, oh, just... Oh, you just got to go to more meetings or, oh, you just got to get a God or, oh, you just got to do this. And, and it, yes, those things will help. Yeah, but it's like being a drunk. It doesn't matter what we lose. Right. It, the self-will don't get it. Right. I need something different. Right. To manage I it. just need some more help. That's all. More tools. I know the one gentleman that's in the program and, you know, I've known him since I was 18 and knew him before he got sick, he highly schizophrenic, delusional. And I knew him when we could have normal conversations and sit down at coffee and he was trying to get sober and he was handsome, he was nice, he was mannerly, he was a nice guy. And I hadn't seen him for a couple of years and when I saw him again, it was when he was starting to get into it really bad. Mm -hmm. 
needed already had his twin, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being blown away at how the mental illness just overtook everything about him. Yeah. It was a very rude awakening for me because I had never known anyone from before and then after. Right. You know, and seen. And to me, in my mind, you know, as I, even now as I'm talking about it, I, I think of it as like cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're okay, and then all of a sudden you're getting sicker and sicker and sicker as the cancer gets deeper and deeper into the body. Right. And it's especially untreated. Oh yeah. Because he was not med compliant. No. no. <laughs> and he is. You know, he's the one that he's a challenge to talk to even on medication, mm-hmm. but because of how extreme his mental illness says it's hard to get him to take his medication. It was mm-hmm. hard to get him to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get him to stay on a, you know, stable schedule right. without someone doing that. And he didn't have the people in yeah. his place to do that. Yeah. And a lot of guys did try to help and, but there was no one that was able to just be there for him. But I mean, he absolutely delusional. And I, the reason why I'm bringing him up, I saw him, a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, I had seen him last summer, and he mm-hmm. was not medicated, and he was coming mm-hmm. to meetings, and he was talking to me, and we were having a little bit of a conversation, and he was coherent, mm-hmm. and and even though you could see the squirreliness in his mm-hmm. eyes when he talked, he was okay. Yeah, yeah. And if he started talking too much, it would start to come up a little bit more. But it was just nice to see that, and I know he's in a safe place right now, you know, and all that stuff. So it was nice to see that. But it it was just a reminder for me that it can be work for us Mm -hmm. to try to, because you can't reason with them when they're not on their meds or even they are sometimes. You can't reason. And I think that's one thing that gets people so frustrated you know, well, if you just love them enough, will you just calm enough, if you just mm-hmm. reason with them. And sometimes none of those things are going to work. Right. And they have no control over that. Right. But it's still hard because it's hard for us to comprehend it. Right. You know, I think that that's Well, and I think that most people think of mental illness and that's what they think about is, is the schizophrenics and the ones who are extremely delusional and that kind of stuff. But... For me, mental illness is a, a wide range illnesses. I mean, it's not just schizophrenia. No. Bipolar, depression, PTSD, OCD, eating disorders, all that kind There's of many. stuff. Yeah, that fall into that. And in extreme cases, yes, they can be very right. difficult to deal but with. But I think that's what a lot of people immediately go to. to right, They're exactly. Like, well, you can't deal with that, so you just need to like just put them away. And, right. And then if you have depression, they're like schizophrenia and depression is a mental illness. But they're totally different mental right. illnesses, and people see it as one Anxiety disorders. Yep. You know, I mean, there's a wide variety of, of yes. different mental illnesses, and I think that it, it would be helpful. If, because I don't think anybody is not affected by either mental illness or addiction in one way or another. I think it's pretty pervasive across the board in some way. Yeah. Well, they'll say that at some point in time, everyone will hit something in their time of their life. Right. Related to them or married to them or you have a kid or a close friend or whatever. I think it's it's just there. You know, I know NAMI is definitely kind of in the forefront of getting that message out there. Yeah. You know, and trying to educate the populace which is an awesome thing i think it's wonderful and i'm glad that they have mental illness awareness month because it gets us talking it gets Mm -hmm. other podcasters talking it gets people posting things sharing their own stories and right getting the information out there like you said it's more about ignorance it's not that some people are like oh yeah this is and they make their comments and they're not making it because they're right. just being stupid idiots. They just don't really know. Well, what I they think don't people really judge have the facts. Yeah, I think people judge it or have have stigma associated with it, partly because of ignorance, but also partly because of fear. They fear oh, that. Oh yeah, 
Because it's very hard to comprehend. Right. It is scary. And then, of course, you have, you know, a million TV shows that has to make the bad person a schizophrenic. <laughs> right. Some scary movie or... Right. Less than 2% of schizophrenics are violent. I was just going to say so, that. I mean... And so many of them are not. Right. They, they think that it's going to happen to them, but right. they aren't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I think sometimes a person facing just anger issues is a lot more scary or a narcissist or a sociopath. They're way more scary than schizophrenic. Right. It's just right. about learning. Right. You know. Exactly. So we started thinking that we would like to do something positive for mental health awareness. <laughs> I'm saying some good things that we can do for our mental health. And one of the things I thought of, of course, right away is laughter, comedy, jokes. So I'm going to say my spiel here real quick. One thing I tell the joke or the thought of what I've gone through is a mom. My first child was, wow, he was a handful, smart as a whip and just full of constant energy and he was the kind of kid I'd say, no, you can't touch that. And while he was looking at me, he'd smile and reach to touch it. Like I can't see his hand grabbing for it. I mean, he was, he kept me on my toes. And some days he would just be running around the house, doing his thing, being a boy, being crazy. And I used to envision him sailing across the room going into the wall without any pain and his little button legs were sticking out of the wall <laughs> flapping away <laughs> as he is stuck and that was like one of my vision things I used to do when he used to drive me crazy because you know he was being a little boy just running around crazy and he didn't want to listen and I just didn't want to get into the discipline mode right at that second I was like tired or dealing with the other one that was little or whatever it was. And so I would do that to calm myself. And then I would sit there for a few minutes and I would get up and I'm like, okay, enough. I said you need to do this and then do the whole disciplinary thing. But it just used to make me just feel better. Oh, to giggle. <laughs> I know. To when, envision that. Yeah, I can tell you that, that being around... The boys, especially when they were younger, especially your oldest, I was, uh, he definitely brought the mom, my mom, out of me. Yeah. Where I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, you wait till your mother gets home. <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble. Yeah. Because, you know, I I don't have kids, didn't yeah. have kids. So yeah. I was, when I could just see my mom coming out of me. Yep. Oh, it was something else. And you were great with the boys. They absolutely oh. adored you when you were little. Because when they were little, you were just fun. Yeah. And they felt safe with you. Yeah. I mean, you, you'd sit on the couch and they were on you. Oh, yeah. I have a couple pictures where they just, they couldn't wait. Yeah. You know, you were. The boys were wonderful, though. I love those kids. They absolutely adored you. Yeah. I remember you yelling at me once because I, not yelling, you didn't yell at me. You were like, what were you thinking? taking your oldest to go get a it was either a birthday or a christmas present and we oh, came yeah, back we with that cd about of bone last... thugs in harmony and i'm like what i don't listen to him he said he wanted it i got it you were like did you ever listen to it and i'm like no i thought it was all right so this is phil we're talking about right <laughs> Oh, sure, Mom will say that's okay. Yeah, yeah, Mom yeah. will say that's all right. I fell for it, but okay. Yeah. That was funny. Yep, they definitely Mom stuff. You know, I think about the how much they made me laugh and sometimes some of the stories, you know, think about the things they did and tried or many, many years of four different kids and four different personalities. Right. Two extroverts, two introverts all smart as whips oh my gosh right. so the other one was i was thinking about like when i was policing in the in the humor that we would have was you know a little macabre and what we would joke about or things that we would say would seem so inappropriate in a mm -hmm. regular setting but when you're dealing with people that are having problems and you're resting day in day out 
they, we just, our humor would be. Yeah. But the one thing that kept sticking in my mind is, um, and I actually found a picture for it. I think uh, the Chicago police is one that came up with it. It said, homicide, our day begins when yours ends. Right. And some people were like, oh, that's just terrible. That's just horrible. But when you're a cop, you got to do that stuff. Sure. It's, it's, it's not minimizing anything. It's minimizing the impact on us. Right. If we didn't sometimes joke about things, that's why a lot of cops would say too, or people would say, well, cops stick together, you know, like they have cookouts together, they do this together, they go out afterwards. It is a community because it's kind of hard to talk to a non-cop person about how you just got a knife from some guy and he cut your arm and he did this to this woman and, you know, you just need to get it out and talk about it or laugh or joke or cry or right. whatever you need to do with someone that isn't used to that. Right. And like I was saying with some of the counselors I talked to, they couldn't hear some of the stuff because it wasn't stuff they were used to hearing. Right. They were just used to your day to day. Right. You know, I'm sure they heard some bad stuff, but right. it was not their cup of tea. So it's the same thing with cops. And I mean, we would joke a lot about some things that people would just think that we were just being insensitive, horrible people. And it was just a way to cope. Sure. And I've heard other nurses and doctors, they'll do the sure. same thing. Sure. It's, you know, a lot going on in your day-to-day -day life. That's just one of the things oh, I yeah. wanted to say. I think it's, it's similar to, I mean, I've never been a cop or anything like that, but I think it's similar to... Have you ever been at somebody's funeral and you guys are telling stories and just blah? Right, right. Because it's such a stress release or it releases yeah. some of that. Because it's hard to, I think, be in grief like that. Yeah, and processing and stuff. And processing yeah. stuff. You know, I think that, that that can help just to take the edge off sometimes. Not that it's the fix, but it's a help. And some people would consider that insensitive. Why are they right. acting so happy and joking around? And it's their way of coping for right. one. And it's right. good for the endorphins and all that good stuff in the brain. Right. And everyone does grief different. Well, yeah. You know, like we've talked about many times, we all grieve differently. Right. And if, you know, and some people would do it out of, hey, I know that that's what he would want. He wouldn't want me here crying and moaning. Right. He wants me joking. He wants me telling some of his jokes. Right. That's yeah. how everybody goes through it. Exactly. And yeah, I think laughter is... I just pulled this thing up here, and there's a lot that laughter does. Oh, cool, yeah. It For one, it lowers your blood pressure. It reduces your stress hormone levels, you know, like cortisol, which is the bad hormone. Right. Works your abs. Improves your yeah. cardiac health, boosts your T cells. Oh, good. Triggers the release of endorphins. Yep. And produces a general sense of well being. Yes, it does. I know for me it does. I know when I've had a hard day or a long day or a stressful day, one of the things that I like to do is if I'm not going anywhere, being around people is to watch something funny. Right. You know, because there's just a release from that. And you just feel better sometimes, yeah. yep. you know. I mean, it's not appropriate everywhere. You can't just laugh everything away. No. But then it, that's stuffing. Right. But but there is a time and a place for it. And right. it's it's helpful being around puppies. Oh, gosh. You yeah. know, watching them play is... Yep. And, Little kids laughing. Yep. Belly laughing. Yep. You know, it's one of the things I loved about being around the boys. Yes. yes. You know, I'd get them laughing and I couldn't stop laughing. Like those videos they have on on YouTube and I'm sure they're on TikTok. TikTok and oh where yeah. Just one person's on the bus and they start laughing really hard. Right. And all of a sudden more people are laughing. Right. And more people it's are laughing. It's contagious. Yes. Laughter is sure. very contagious because it feels good. Yeah. Your body can't help react to right. that great feeling. Right. You know? Or um, seeing somebody else have that reaction yes. makes you want exactly. it's like a it's like a yawn. 
Yeah. So somebody yawned, you have to yawn kind of a yeah. thing. I used to think that was bullcrap, but boy, I fought for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you could also, like, for me, I can use my past as jokes. Mm-hmm. And where some things I can't, and I probably never will be able to. They're just still, I can't make jokes about them. But even as, like, people would make comments when I got older how I had such a high pain tolerance and stuff like that. And depending on the person, I make a comment, well, shit, yeah, you know, I've been being slapped around or hit or whatever my whole life, <laughs> and I'm used to it. And for some people, that'd be like, oh, my gosh, you know, right. I can't believe she just said that. How, you know, weird or odd or that was bad that she was, you know, it, <laughs> it's just, it's fine now. There was a time I couldn't joke about it. But yeah. For me now, it's just not a big deal. Right. You know, it's just one of those things or one of those things I used to feel bad about is married four times. And mm-hmm. it's like, hey, at least I got four guys to marry me. You know, right. you only got one. So, you know, just those, <laughs> some of those little things, because that was one thing that used to zing me all the time. I was married four times. Right. And, you know, that was kind of hard to swallow or share or, you know, I didn't want people to know because they didn't know me or the situation I didn't right. ever want to say that because four times right. alone, you know right so eventually it got to a point where right and then there are more to the joke but I won't say that because I don't know who listens and I don't want to be inappropriate <laughs> but <laughs> so those were you know just a couple of the macabre or morbid or whatever you would want to say um, I know there are certain professions where they all have their own considered dark humor right. to get through whatever they're dealing with right. or going through. You know? Right. But I think yeah. every profession has its own oh, yeah. little line of funny things that they say. So it's you know. just a way to get through it, to process it. To right. I know that. Lighten it. Yeah, I, I know for me when I was... When I first got sober, I couldn't have joked about my alcoholism. It was too raw. And now, oh my God, oh, it's yeah. hilarious yep. when I think back at some of the stuff and how I look at it and because I'm on the other side of it. Right. And it's also a big part about how we feel about ourselves. Like right. I, I went through a period where I didn't want anyone to know I was an AA because I'd gotten out into the real world. Like when I first got sober, I didn't care. It was yeah. the best thing in the world for people to know I was an AA. They're all like, thank God. You right. Know, I'm glad you're right. sober. And then when I started getting in the real world and working real jobs and growing mm-hmm. up, I didn't want people to know I was an AA. Same with mental illness because... People in AAs, I'm in AA, they don't think, oh, you're a sober person living a good life, trying the best you can. They say, oh, you're a drunk. Right. No, I'm not a drunk. Right. I'm sober, you know. But because people's first thing, so I didn't want to say anything to anyone. And I hated it because I... I was proud to be in AA for so long. Right. Made me very happy to let people know I was sober, to be someone that they could reach out to if they were having a problem. Right. And it was also a period of time where I was going through my stuff and learning about myself and memories crapping up and just being in that state of, I'm not okay with anyone knowing. Right. And now, even if I was in the same position because of how I am with myself, right, I would be fine if someone knew. I wouldn't care what their first thought was. Yeah. And, you know, so that's another thing of how we see things and lighten our mental illness is also how we're feeling, mm-hmm. how we are, where we are in life. Right. And one of the other good things would be what I tell my kids, find your passion. And your passion might change as you get older and different things, things you learn. But whatever it is, even if it's something like, say, like my passion would be to build my own home. Mm-hmm. And I, obviously, I physically could never be able to do that. Right. And I don't have the training as an architect to do that. But I know how to draw a little bit. I know how to find programs on the Internet. I know how to find all kinds of designing 
games right. or programs. And just, it's just something that doing it makes me feel better because it's part of something that I'm passionate about or I would love to do or wish I could. Right. And that's another, like you were talking about what laughter does. Mm -hmm. It's another good mental health thing because it creates those good endorphins. It creates that good feeling inside. Whatever your passion is or something that really motivates you and makes you feel good when you're doing it, even if it's not the exact same thing. Right. It's it just creates a good feeling in your body mm -hmm. because you're feeding that passion. Right. And so that's one of the things that I think for my mental health, I have to go someday, okay, what do I want to do today? Am I going to paint? Am I going to make something? Am I going to mm -hmm. do something with my oils? You know, just whatever. Am I going to go out and do a little bit of gardening? Something that Creative. fuels me. Yeah. Well, for me, yeah, it's creative, you know, yeah. like that's my passion is just doing right. something. Um, and I love gardening because being in the dirt, do I want to lay out? Like, I love laying at the beach because I love listening to the kids play. And some days I don't, I want the silence. So I'll move down the end and put my headphones in. Right. So it's like whatever's going on inside of me that day that I need to fulfill, that's going to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. I try to do it. Even if I know I'm only going to get a little bit of time or maybe I have to pick a different one because that's not going to fit. Mm -hmm. But it's just a daily thing for me that helps my mental health. Sure. Whatever it may be. And maybe it's just listening to a podcast. I just need to zone out and listen to one of my funny ones or, you know, I'm feeling the need for some of the life coaching stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Or maybe it's just one of my, I love these two guys. I want to give them a plug. I love, it's, oh, that's spooky, so spooky. And it's two gay guys sharing stories about paranormal and crime. And they do a little bit of um, dragging on it and gay funky news bullshit. I mean, they just do all kinds of stuff. I love listening to them laid back. And you can hear they both have beautiful hearts yeah you know they have they're good people you could tell you know so i love listening to them and it's just stuff like that yeah i get it what's your passion when it comes to my passion like something that just makes you feel good when you do it, it oh, you feel good. there's lots of things that i do that make me feel good i think oh goodness playing with the dogs makes me feel good being in nature Sometimes makes me feel good. It just all depends on where I'm at. Oh, candy makes yes. me feel good. Yes. Makes me feel good, too. Yeah. <laughs> I get the results. <laughs> Completing a task mm -hmm. can make me feel yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's lots of things. Talking to a friend on the phone can make me feel good. Talking to somebody who's going through a rough time. Helping others is a big Helping thing Helping others, you. I think... Doing something nice for somebody and not telling anybody about it can make absolutely yeah, makes me euphoric, feel good. Yeah. Driving down the freeway when the weather's nice with the windows open and sitting in the sun, talking to my dad, being around my family. I mean Oh, I know. There's so you know, many there's things. There's so many things yeah. that do that. You gave some great lists of the one of the other things aside from our passions. It's those little things like yeah. Taking a nap. Yep. I'm exhausted. I'm mentally exhausted. I'm physically exhausted. I'm kids are making me nuts. My boss is making me nuts. I just this. I just whatever it is. Sometimes the best mental health is taking a nap. Yep. Or zoning out on Netflix for three long episodes of something you want to watch or right. a movie. And it can be a sad movie. It can be but if that's what your brain needs, is that right. zone out time, napping, watching a show, listening to some music or a podcast and staring out the window. Right. You know, whatever is going to help your mental health feel better, not something that's going to bring you down. Because we can do that, too. We get kind of depressed, so we listen to depressing music. Mm -hmm. Or we pour an extra glass of wine, think it's going to make us feel better when actually right. it causes us to feel depressed. Or... You know, we get angry, so we throw on some metal rock to get more angry, you know. Right. So, got to be focused on, okay, I'm not feeling good. I don't want to bring it up. 
I want some better mental health, so we're going to bring right. it down a little bit. Or if we're feeling depressed, we want to kind of try to bring it up. Or just zone out. Right. You know, that's one of my favorite acceptance things I had to do with myself. When I'm feeling stressed out, it doesn't mean I have to zoom, zoom, zoom. Right. Because that's what I used to do. Right. It, that's what made me feel better. It helped me get some of that stressor out. So I had to learn to say, it's okay to just stop. You know, that I'm allowed to just stop and feel it and then rise above it. One of the reasons why I drank was to find that, that ease and comfort that we get through drinking. Yeah. Today in my life, it's not that I don't want that. I still want that ease and comfort. I yeah. just can't drink to get it. So I've got to find the things that help me get that ease and comfort again and be more healthy about it and in a positive way instead of a negative way. Something that's going to lift me up or something that's going to where I can find peace. Yes. Whatever that is. Some people find peace in reading a book or going fishing or going for a walk or just sitting in the quiet, laying in the sun. I still want that ease and comfort. Can't drink to find it. Right. What can I do healthy for myself to feel better? Mm-hmm. Not switching to a new addiction like sex or eating or for me it was running until I couldn't run anymore. Right. You know, being crazy and busy and you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's definitely anytime we want to have mental, good mental health, we need to actually ask ourselves, what do I need today right. for a better mental health? And realizing more and more, and I think part of it is age, because I've heard older people say this, mm-hmm. that as they got older, they needed more quiet time. Mm-hmm. They got sensory overload mm-hmm. more easier. And I mean, I've always been that way, and I didn't realize it Mm -hmm. until I started to learn more about myself. But I've been very attuned to it lately, how sometimes I'll go into the store, and I can't wait to get out. And I'm like, I I like to shop. I like to, you know, take my time and see if I can find a good deal or something somewhere. So I was like, okay, what's going on? And it was just because it was too much. The lights, the sounds, the... You know, trying to, there's so many things in a store and it just was getting to be too much. And so that was a good thing for me to learn because for my mental health, it wasn't like, oh, just finish shopping and get over it. It's like, no, I don't want to shop anymore. I'm done. I'm leaving. Right. I'm getting overloaded by whatever it is or I've had enough, whatever is going on and not deny myself what my brain is telling me. It's time to go. You know, right. and I mean, some situations you can't, you're at work and you're like, oh, it's time to go. Right. <laughs> you can't always do that. Yep. We're out of here. I'm done working today. Yeah. See That's you later. When you, you have to zone out, <laughs> you know, like I don't want to be here anymore. So I'm just going to zone out. When I would get that way at work, one of my mental health things was if I could, depending mm-hmm. on the job I was in, I would try to find something I really, really like to do and do that if I was having one of those days or something that I had to do that was very intense thinking so I could zone out whatever yeah. was bothering me. So I used to try to find ways to, how can I function at work today because I don't want to be here anymore right. you know, or something. I'm also one of those practical kind of people. You know, I learned early on, it's an acronym, it's called HALT. Don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I know that if I'm one of those, well, I can deal with one, two, it's going to little get a little hairy. Three, watch out. Four, yeah. we're in trouble. I mean, so I try and be mindful of how much sleep I get. Am I eating? Am I either reaching out or staying in contact with those around me? Because those are all, they all affect our brain. Oh, yeah. I and mean, it affects, definitely. And if I'm hungry... And tired at the same time, I have a shorter fuse than if I'm just tired or if I'm just hungry. Having a short fuse and getting angry or just fuels it even more and the day's going to go horribly. So you just have to be practical and mindful of that. Take time to do those things for yourself. Right, because that helps with how I deal with the world and how I feel inside. So I think those things are important too. So it's don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And they're all very basic, important. Yep. Each one of them will affect us so intensely. It's always helped me. Oh, gosh, yeah. 
That's nice and simple and to the point. Those are all important things. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and some people say, get too lonely. I'm around people all day and blah, blah, blah. Yes, but have you connected with someone that makes your heart full? You know? Right. I mean, loneliness, you can be in a crowd full of people and still be lonely. It's that connection. That making a connection with, it, with somebody, something, whether it prayer and meditation can help with loneliness. Yes. And, that kind of stuff, but there's got to be a connection to something else. For me, anyway. Oh yeah, it does. That's what you helps know. the loneliness, and that's that's good. So halt. Everything's out of whack when I'm tired. I'm more reactive. I'm emotionally reactive anyway. I'm slower in my process, thought process. Yes. And yes. Body feels like it's dragging its ass. Yeah, you know, it's yeah like, dragging oh, ass. I can't even move fun. another muscle. Having the case of the dragon ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite signs because that's what it feels like. Yeah. When I get that fatigue that I get with the illness. Right. When I get that, I feel like I'm dragging ass with the 300 pound man in my back. Right. That's how I always describe it. There right. is no other description for it. I definitely function better with sleep. Some other good mental health things, like, you know, I said real quickly, you know, if I got to try to get an extra thing in with my counselor, mm -hmm. um, if I'm in the program, uh, you know, some kind of 12-step where you go to meetings or whatever, go to an extra meeting. If you're someone that does Zoom programs for whatever it is, you know, do an extra one. There are so many of them out there now. Whatever it is that you know makes you feel good, You'll know what you need. Right. Your brain is telling you right. what you need to feel better. And sometimes we just have to do a little bit of adjusting, which I'll probably say a million times before the podcast is over. Before I die, we are adaptable human beings. We just fight it. Mm -hmm. You know, we really can adapt. We are great at adapting. Mm -hmm. And if we're not fighting it, we adapt so much easier. Sure. Which is easier on our mental health. You know, we just, a lot of people just resist because it means sometimes work or change if you're going to like change, you know, right. different things. If you know that you need something that day, just find a way to do it. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, laughter, of course. I know gratitude helps me sometimes when all I can see is the negative. Maybe try and think of something that I'm grateful for the good things that are in my life, you know, and sometimes that can be a challenge. In the winter times, I have a harder time. Yeah, especially when you're feeling yeah, blah, but just to grab that gratitude. Right, and just to remember that there are good things out there, and I may not be able to feel it, but they are there. I think gratitude, there's a lot that surrounds gratitude. I don't think it's just a thought or... Somebody used to tell me to make a gratitude list, and that's wonderful because it helps pull out the positive things. Right. But I think it's also an action. It's also a, it's a, very a state of feeling being. when you're it's, there. Yeah. Yeah. But gratitude always, you Be know, whether it's... to the heart, not just in the mind. Right. I mean, some people can get up in the morning and just be grateful that they're sucking air that day because they shouldn't be. But then there's other days where you can get up and not only be grateful that you're sucking air, but that you have a job or you have kids or, you know, your dog is making noise downstairs yeah. that's driving you nuts or <laughs> to see the sunlight and hear the birds and smell the grass. And I mean, that's simple, but it does help oh, sometimes. Oh, gotcha. It's a know? huge, huge, huge mental health thing. I, I think there isn't anything worse than not seeing any of that and just, you know, that it's so hard to, to pull out of, especially if you suffer from depression. You know, it can be very hard to pull yourself out of and not be able to see some of the good things. And that's also a good, you know, segue into mental health as far as if you can't find anything to be grateful for, then that's a good sign that there needs to be some change. Yeah. Something's well, going on in your life that, or, yeah. Right. Right. It's telling you. Yeah. You know, Nan, sitting here, it's, I was trying to think of some other mental health things that, 
you know, things that make us feel good, make our mental health more positive. The gratitude one, I think that that is probably a number one thing mm-hmm. that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. I am right. so grateful for this place. I was very blessed to get it. Right. And it's just one little thing that is huge to me to be sure. comfortable in my own place. But it's amazing how uplifting it is to me every day. I There has not been a day that I have not got up and just felt good where I am. That's awesome. It's very good feeling. Yeah. Very good be. feeling. It's been a while. You know? Absolutely. Gratitude. So glad you brought that up because when I think about all the other things we talked about, so many of them do come back to being grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful I have a good counselor. Mm-hmm. That makes me, you know, I'm grateful that I do have passions. Right. I'm grateful that I have a, a wonderful bed to take a nap in and that I have the opportunity to have Netflix. Like a lot of those things that make me feel good, right. being grateful for them makes it all the more wonderful. You know? Oh, absolutely. So glad you brought that up because, I mean, that's a gratitude, like you said. It, it isn't just saying, oh, yeah, I'm grateful for this. It is a deep-seated soul, mind, body feeling. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. I'm grateful that I'm sitting here podcasting with you. Right. I adore this time. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're helping others. We get to be together. I get to shoot my mouth off. You know, <laughs> I have someone in my home. I have, you know, right. an energy being brought into my house, you know, so an energy that I like, you know. <laughs> So it is. You know, there are so many things that things to be grateful. Oh, absolutely. So many. So that's our mental health thing for today. And Nami's on our link for our show notes and on our website. They have Instagram. And if you do Nami, like you'll find in your area. They don't just have a national Instagram. It's all the local. Because we have. Yeah, there's local chapters. Yeah. State chapters and local chapters. Yep. Because I looked it up and we have them. I have them on our Instagram. All right, everyone. So that's mental health awareness for today. I hope that it helped you in some way. If you'd like to listen to our podcast from our website, it is reallylife20.com. If you have questions or comments or anything for us, it's 20reallylife20 at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. And we're glad you're here again today. Please let others know about us if you feel like it's done you some help. And thank you for listening because it helps us. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing your time with us. We absolutely love it. And we we are are out. out.